Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you are a new listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is now in its, I think, 89th or 90th episode. Look at us. Look at us go. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate it a great deal. If you guys are, uh, you know, returning listeners, thank you again for lending me your ears. Last episode was sort of a rant and a rave. I call it a random rant and rave, which would be a very apropos title for what I do sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it's not very random. There's a method to my my appeared or perceived madness. But <clears throat> I could do a random rants and rave show. If anyone wants to borrow that, take that and use it as their own, go ahead. Please, by all means, because I may even do a show like that. Who knows? Maybe I'll do an, another show. I'll, I'll call it that and I'll just have, because this whose world is this is so specific to things that are going on with us as individuals, with us as uh, uh, globally, ethnically, religiously, you national, you know, nationalistically, politically, and you know, psychically, that you know, there are certain random thoughts that I have that I could expound on, but I just don't feel that it's this is the platform to do it. Like there are certain things about sports that I'm very passionate about, but unless I can put it in a context that fits this, then I won't talk about it. You know, so maybe I'm going to come up with another, you know, um another format who knows i don't know i've just been thinking about it over the last uh week or so because i've been running around doing a you know doing what i do travel run around but um in any case maybe but anyway with that being said thank you guys for the cash apps dollar sign j-u-n-b-e-a-u that is dollar sign june bow uh that's my cash app my venmo is just june bow without the dollar sign symbol the zells the Zell is my first and last name at Gmail, which is Junya Bobrun at Gmail. That is J-U-N-Y-A. That's J-U-N as in Nick, Y-A. And last name is B-E-A-U-B-R-U-N as in Nick at Gmail.com. So Junya Bobrun at Gmail.com is where I get my Zells. Cash app, Junbo, Venmo, Junbo. Uh, if you guys have any questions, concerns, kudos, criticisms, collaboration ideas, uh, interview ideas, uh, investor opportunities, investment opportunities, uh, please feel free to email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. That is whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. And if you uh, want to follow us on Instagram, it's whoseworldisthis2021. That's whoseworldisthis2021. That's on Instagram. Uh, ChavezHouse.com. Remember Chavez with an S. ChavezHouse.com is where you go for all of your, uh, your, your inspirational needs. If you want a gratitude journal, there's that. If you want a, um, uh, decorative notebook, there's that. There's also the number one bestseller in its genre, the how to self publish success blueprint written by Lenore Batista. That's also there. There's also going to be a new book. It's uh, called what the heck is my password? sort of like a passport password book for you. If you're like me and you subscribe to many, many different sites, you have multiple email addresses, multiple social media accounts, multiple bank accounts, an investment account, an accounting account, an accounting account for your accounting. Then your accountant has an accounting account that you have to have a password in. So on any given day, there are about, on a normal day, there are about four to five password protected things that I enter into. And sometimes I forget. And sometimes I forget which email it's in or what did I put it under? What draft? What I don't remember. And it would be nice to just be able to go to a book or something and have my passwords in there. Okay. It would be great. But in any case, what the heck is my password is now available on uh, Chavez House at Chavez House Public. Oh, I think it's going to be available soon if it's not available yet. Chavez House, and you can go on Amazon, go Chavez House Publishing, Chavez with an S. And um, any of the products that are authored by Lenore Batista are the products that you are going to be buying because those are Chavez House items. 
So thank you guys for tuning in. The last episode, like I said, was random. So this episode, if you're new to this format, <clears throat> this, this conversation is a stream of consciousness. I pick a subject, I go through it a couple of times in my mind on any given day, and then I press record and I go one shot, one kill, one shot, one take, that's it. Um, I may have a couple of keywords written down about a topic just so I can stay on point for a while before I you know, go in all different kinds of directions. But in any case, that's what I like to do. Recently, I've been going to a segment-oriented, a very loosely segment-oriented, where I may, be, I may spend 20 minutes on one, 20 minutes on another, 20 minutes on another. I may start doing that more, trying to condense certain things. But I like this long-form conversation because ideas come to me while I'm speaking. So I'm not going to sacrifice a topic for the sake of sticking to some sort of segment situation. That's what your legacy media does. That's what they do. They sacrifice the conversation, try to condense something that can take a calendar year to learn and they condense it in a one and a half minute conversation or something that should take a solid 45 minute lecture to explain with someone just standing there with PowerPoint and a black Sharpie and a, and a, and a board. But instead, you, you, you think that you're reporting on it because you touched on the most narrow or the most peripheral aspects of a particular subject. Your legacy media gets away with that and you've allowed it. And they get paid eight figures per year. Okay? Eight, nine, ten million a year, not including sponsorship deals and business deals and lecture circuit compensation, book deals, name and likeness deals. All together, they're making well over eight figures to lie or to skirt around the truth. And they're not going to speak about the uncomfortable truths that I've spoken about in the way that I've spoken about it. I've spoken about abortion in a way that many people are not. I've spoken about the nuclear family and as an advocate of the nuclear family in a way that many people are not right now. Um, <clears throat> speak about the left and the right, left and the right with the same level of disappointment and disillusionment and cynicism that they've earned. <laughs> not so that's what you get when you speak, when you're listening to this, this is the opposite of red pilling media or woke media. That's what brings us to our topic today. The idea of woke. The woke is a term that's being bandied about over the last, should I say, decade maybe? Maybe a decade. It's a term that's come around. Um, and its broadest definition is aware and actively attentive to important facts and issues especially issues of race and social injustice. But that's not accurate. When it says attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. No, it, it's kind of the, the definition. Um, what it really is at this particular moment is you may be alert to civ certain issues, but you're obsessed with your particular vein of that issue. <clears throat> and if those who don't agree with you, then you say that they're unwoke or asleep or they're a boomer or they're a racist or they're a transphobe or they're out of touch. There's a difference between being alert and aware of certain issues and being part of the woke slash canceled culture that thinks that because they're aware of an issue or they're passionate about an issue, there's no more room to be discussed about that issue that may run counter to what one believes about said issue. The word woke is old. It's from the 60s. There was poetry that said woke. You know, you had Erica Badu used terms like woke before. There's a lot of artists. I, was, I wasn't awake until I heard such and such. Now I'm woke. That's like a poem from the 60s and 70s. I don't know if it was um, Dead Poet Society. I can't remember, but that term is not new. <clears throat> it, 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 it has a new life in this new era. But there's a difference between being woke and being awake. 
There's a huge difference. I've said this on many, many occasions to my friends. I have cousins of mine that took to the streets over the last two, three years and were using the word woke in certain respects. And I would say to them, be very, very careful. Make sure that you are armed with knowledge about your topic. Because if you do not become armed with knowledge, you become a dogmatist. And they said, what does that mean? A dogmatist is not someone who knows, is passionate. It, it knows intrinsically about their topic or knows everything about their topic. They're just someone who believes in their topic and is emotionally attached to their topic. And then now they take to the streets on fire with their topic. But in anyone who opposes them, no matter how how accurate or how cogent the argument is against what a person that dogmatist believes you are going to go to hell in a handbasket with your topic in your right hand clenched while you burn in your lack of information and there are many 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 people of the woke generation and i said this i can't remember which episode it was when i said millennials who are your giants and that episode got a lot of burn from some friends and family members who are of that generation. I think that was episode, yeah, it was in the 70s. If you go back and listen to the episode, it's in the 70s. I made an argument that the millennials aren't following intellectual giants. They're politicized, but they don't know ish about politics. It's a difference. And the woke wing <clears throat> of America right now doesn't is not allowing any room or any conversation, even among those who are supposed to be part of their woke contingent. Take a Dave Chappelle, for instance. You have a contingent of woke culture that's treating Dave Chappelle as if he's Ben Carson, as if he's. Uh, 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 Mitch McConnell treating Dave Chappelle as if he's some sort of religious billionaire white right wing out of toucher instead of a black dude from D.C. who's been at the cusp of certain uh, 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 social issues in this country and has been able to articulate it in ways that you're favorite politician your favorite pastor actor rapper has not been able to but meanwhile that's how flipped and turned around and upside down the woke culture has become that one of you that you disagree with you've turned him into the enemy because there's no room for the conversation so that, that that's very interesting to me because I'm getting all these thoughts together because the woke culture is operating in the same vein, I feel, as the hypocritical right wing. I'm not saying the whole right wing is hypocritical, but there's a hypocrisy that exists amongst the right wing that has to be addressed. Because there's a certain segment of the right wing, as soon as an athlete speaks out about social justice, social injustices in a way that the white right wing doesn't appreciate or like, or the right wing in general, whether they be a Candace Owen type or whatever, then they tell that, art, they tell that athlete to shut up and dribble. They tell that performer to shut up and sing. Like they told LeBron to shut up and dribble. Because the, 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 what was her name, Laura Ingraham, didn't appreciate LeBron James' comments during the Donald Trump administration. So she said, why don't you just do what you do best, which is shut up and dribble. That was her um, response. Meanwhile, those they do agree with, they support time and time again. It's like that old saying goes, no one wants to censor what they agree with. Because I remember an, a, a rock artist by the name of Ted Nugent. When Obama was elected back in 2008, our first half black president, as he subscribes to being, um, I remember they didn't tell him to shut up and sing. When he was endorsing Mitt Romney in the reelection campaign in 2012, 
who was the Republican candidate, Mitt Romney, Ted Nugent said, I think he said something along the lines of um, that um, if uh, Obama got reelected, he'd either be dead in jail or dead. He said that, I mean, he called for Hillary Clinton to be hanged and referred to Obama as a communist, nurtured, subhuman mongrel and a chimpanzee. <laughs> that was Ted Nugent. He wasn't canceled. He wasn't canceled. The, 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 the hypocritical right wing applauded him. He was on every station rallying, talking. He was one of the spokespeople for the anger that the right felt over Obama's election and his reelection. He represented that and it was okay. And so the hypocritical, the irony of the woke culture is they're operating in that same vein of hypocrisy. That if, you know, you could speak about a subject as long as you're speaking about it from our vantage point. If not, we're not allowing the, the, the room for conversation. And to really be awakened means that you're awakened, you're allowing yourself an opportunity to hear everyone's point of view, that you are so well-versed in what it is that you think and believe and, you're, and you are willing to advocate for. You are so well-versed in it that you are confident that you're right. And if you're not right, you are okay with being standing corrected. Knowing that the more you know, the less you know. Humble in that fact and the arrogance of the woke culture. To think that they can, that they, they, they just got around. They're here, they are now in their 20s and 30s and maybe early, early, thinking that, oh yeah, you know everything now. Yeah, um, you don't believe this. Oh, that's offensive. You shouldn't do that. Oh, that's, that's the pronoun I want to use. Okay, but if I say something along the lines of I identify as a billionaire, so I would like a his and hers Ferrari for me and my sweetheart. I would also like a Phantom for my brother because he likes the Phantom. Um, the Phantom Coupe, by the way, in matte gray. He likes that one with black rims. And I would like a private jet to take me from here to there. I would also like a, um, a townhouse in this new, this, I saw this lovely little townhouse for $8 million in Monaco that I had my eye on. And then I want to get a little, you know, a little quaint little chateau out in body Italy. Um, also, since we're on the subject, um, I would also like to just pick up like, you know, about 200 acres in Belize, if you don't mind, because I have this idea for this hotel slash resort and I'm going to take the penthouse in that that hotel. So I identify as this billionaire. Can I be this billionaire? And will Chase Bank, Bank of America, Lloyd's of London, uh, 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 Citigroup, will they all honor my identification? If the answer is no, then it's it. It's almost as absurd as some people identifying as something biologically, but being something else. It's okay to offer that as conversation. And the woke culture doesn't allow that to be a conversation. They don't allow the conversation that someone may think that if Shaq identifies as Britney Spears, that's a, that's a problem that there may be, there may be some, some, something psychological going on. If Shaq wants to enter into the ladies' bathroom and sit down while he urinates because he thinks that he's Britney, he thinks he looks like Christina Aguilera or something, or he looks in the mirror and he sees Jessica Alba and not Shaquille O'Neal, you know? Um, and if someone offers up and says, well, these identifying and these visions that something may be skewered, in the mind somewhere that may need to further discussion or further inquiry. And you go as a woke person. Oh, now, now you're being phobic. Now you're being offensive and you're being some sort of phobic. You're being a boomer. You're being a this. And you go, whoa, okay, interesting. So the woke and being awake are two totally different things. It's two totally different things. There's certain protests that occurred in this country under the guise of lives mattering over the last couple of years, and they, that for, many, for some that was considered to be an enlightened call to action. I was on the opposite of that. I didn't think it was an enlightened call to action because the organization in general, I had major issues with the organization in place. And I let my voice be heard on that. And 
I was called many, many names. I was called a sellout, an Uncle Tom, a this, a that, and a third, even though my politics is greatly aligned with Pan-Africanists such as Malcolm X and others. Is the lines oftentimes running parallel in the same direction. But yet, because I live in this, in this upside-down, woke universe where Dave Chappelle is now a conservative to some um, uh, in the woke culture, uh, where I can say, hey, listen, look at who's funding. Follow the money trail. Look at where the money's going. Look at where the funds are being diverted to. It's being diverted to institutions. The very same institutions that this, this, this organization is supposed to be critiquing, the very same institutions that this organization should be looking to reframe, this institution is not doing that because it's working in tandem with such blah, blah, blah. I'm speaking revolutionary politics, but the people listening in their woke world were calling me names. They called me a coon. Black people, woke people, called me a coon. Called me an Uncle Tom, a sellout. Not down with the quote-unquote struggle. And I remember looking at those words and smiling because I laughed. Because I remember growing up. There's an artist. His name is Andre 3000. He's part of a group called Outcast with his partner Big Boy. There was an album called Equemini, great album. One of my favorite albums of all time in any genre. Nina Simone, uh, uh, classics from, from, from Paris or, uh, or, or Sketches of Spain by Miles Davis or whatever, whatever. Equemini, I have on a short list of one of my favorite all-time albums. And that artist, Andre 3000, had a line in that song, and it resonated with me at the time he said it. He said, not everyone who wears dreads is for the cause and not everyone who wears jewelry is for the fall. Why am I mentioning that? And why is that relevant to me? Because when I was in New York City, I was a Timberland wearing chain on my chain hanging really low, Yankee hat, designer clothing, latest coats, latest V-necks, latest sweaters, and sometimes not even the latest, just the best. So instead of going to certain shops that were selling the best, or I mean the latest, I would go to Bloomingdale's or Nordstrom before that was a brand that people were going through because I wanted to separate myself from the pack. Like you think that's popular? I'm actually gonna buy that, but not the same brand, the same thing. Because it's easy to buy what's popular, but it's not easy to be the person that's popularizing something so that's where i differed from my contemporaries and my peers i didn't just rock what was popular i popularized things like I said no 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 i'm telling you this is hot now why is it hot because i said so that was the difference i'm wearing this kind of jewelry now and i think it's hot and you're gonna think it's hot too take my word for it that's the kind of dude I was back then. Take my word for it. Trust me, it's hot. Why? Because I said so. I didn't wait for it to be co-signed by the trend setters and the influencers of that era. No thanks. I got this. Oh, you never saw this before? That was the whole point. Where'd I get that? It's exactly what I wanted you to ask. That was me. And I used to wear, but at the same time, while I'm wearing this jewelry, for some, like they say, when someone meets you, they come up with 11 different kinds of ideas about who you are. 11 impressions are made about you based on the first impression that you make. So in my era, there was something called the conscious community. What the woke wants to be now, the conscious community was back then. And the conscious community was more about tea tree oil and Egyptian musk and locking their hair and wearing more kente cloth and African medallions around their neck. I wore an African medallion, but I would choose to go to Manny's in Manhattan and get diamonds in mine. Forgive me. I'd get mine with gold and diamonds as opposed to the leather one. That would be my inclination in those days. But me, I was a thinker. I was a reader. I was someone who was active in Pan-Africanist uh, rhetoric. I wanted to 
learn more, read more. So I was in these circles and the people in these circles, the elders in these circles would promote me and say, well, June knows what he's talking about. He just has an innate curiosity. He's think he's asking the right questions. And it was I didn't have the answers, but I was asking the right questions. And so I was promoted in many circles. So I would go to certain things. I'd get pamphlets and I'd show up and I'd be the only guy there with the designer Timberlands on and the Jean-Paul Gaultier frames. And I'm sitting there with my chain on and I'm sitting there just my eyes a little squinty and the people in the room, the other black people in the room that were wearing more humble clothing and things like that were looking at me as if I was an outsider. Like I was part of the problem even. You are materialistic, hedonistic, all the other istics, but not a mystic. You don't belong here. Until I started speaking and the people in the room that had the right costume for the room couldn't keep up with me. And then it was like, oh, he conscious. Oh, he's conscious. And I was insulted by that because I'm like, you are unconscious for actually judging me by the way I walked in. I didn't walk in loud, walk in, you know, being rude and not the, with the, without the proper etiquette. I came in, I showed everyone their proper respect. I sat quietly and I listened and I was humble and I showed deference to the elders in the room as I'm supposed to. So why is it that all of a sudden, based on your thinking, that all of us are... I'm already in a box. You've already figured me out till I started speaking. And all of a sudden I start speaking and I got dates, times and rhymes and answers and questions and rhetoric. And it's like, oh, he conscious. And that's what I'll never forget a line by one of my favorite hip hop artists from all time. Remember, that was Andre 3000 who said, not everyone with dreads is for the cause because at the everyone was locking their hair thinking, yeah, you know, don't cut your hair, lock it, and using different oils and this, that, and the third. And that was like the, one of the conscious community's signature uh, appearance, you know, I would say sig signature identifiers would be locked hair. It would be one of the things. Maybe an African medallion, too, in any case. This is New York City, guys, so you guys probably are like, wait, what's he talking about? But I'm going to get to my point. The point will reveal itself. And so... Not everyone with dreads is for the cause and not everyone with jewels is for the fall because at the time, you know, you had your flashy rappers like Puff Daddy and Biggie, you know what I mean? And there was other rappers like that weren't doing that. It was that, that just kept a t-shirt and jeans and just spoke about music and spoke about art and politics and culture and social, and social norms and ills. But yet you had another side that was speaking about decadence and hedonism and chasing material wealth, et cetera, et cetera. And they were looked at as the enemy to a degree. <clears throat> now me, I was more about you know, social norms and this and ills and, and speaking about history. And, but at the same time, I like nice things or what I consider to be nice things. And I, and I didn't, you know, want to be judged for. And I, I wanted to be judged as someone who knew, what he, who knew how to put a couple of outfits together. That's what I wanted to be judged as. So when they said he's conscious, I was like, wow. And then most deaf couple of years after that, he was on a song with this artist called Pharaoh Monch. Pharaoh Monch is from Queens, Most Deaf is from Brooklyn. Well, his name is Yasin Bey now, formerly known as Most Deaf, and he's now righteously known as Yasin Bey. And the name of the song is Oh No, featuring Nate Dogg from the Dog Pound. And there's a line in the song where Yasin Bey says, Stop with the nonsense, like he's conscious. I'm just awake, dog. Because most deaf was considered a conscious MC, you know, like try to put you in a separate box. Like he doesn't have experiences like the other black dude out there in New York. He doesn't want nice things or this, that, and the third. So he right there said, stop with the nonsense. Like he's conscious. Even he, who was knee deep in what was considered that progressive hip hop conscious community, who was one of their spokespeople by default, possibly, just because he had intellectual endeavors and would speak about pan-Africanism or this, that, and the third from an intellectual perspective. Now all of a sudden he's hoisted into this conscious community and he has to try to find a way to, now all of a sudden he has to check all these boxes. And if he doesn't, then he, then, then, then there's a problem. That's why a lot of these, the conscious community had issues with an artist 
by the name of Nas early on because he was teetering. He was on that line. He's talking some conscious stuff in one sentence, quote unquote conscious. The next minute it's decadence. The next minute it's some street violence. The next minute it's this, it's that, and the third. And people were like, oh, well, which, what's he trying to be? Who's he trying to be? Or maybe he's trying to be just a whole human being who's exploring all aspects of himself, as we all should. Okay? And, and doing his level best to try to resolve all of these factors. So the woke community in 2022 is running parallel or deviate of the conscious community back in the 90s, 2000s. What they call the conscious community. So if you don't check all the boxes with the conscious community, you're not one of them. So when I wasn't checking all the boxes with the woke community and I wasn't down with the BLM, then, I, then all of a sudden I was a pariah. Oh, June, you don't know what you're talking about. June, you don't know what you're talking about. Ah, June, you sound like a coon. Sound like Kanye West. You sound like this. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't get upset. I told you, politics is sport for me. I've graduated and evolved to the point where I don't get emotional about politics because I understand that the best and most effective politics is pragmatics. You have to be a pragmatist and a realist to actually truly become part of politics, to truly affect change. The people who think that they know politics today or who are politicized in the woke generation, they're politicized. You may be politicized, but you don't understand the machinations of the politics that you subscribe to. You don't understand how many strings are being being pulled. You don't understand that if your politics becomes name brand bourgeois corporate politics that it's now on streaming sites and it's now emblazoned on basketball courts across the country that it's been co-opted and it's probably been co-opted from the beginning. They don't get that. So they don't know who is Pavlov and who is the dog. They don't know who's wagging who. They don't know. And so now this woke generation is going through several conundrums because they, they're being told what is woke. What's supposed to be the defining subject of their generation. Is it LGBTQ? Is it Roe v. Wade? Is it this, that? They don't know where to go. When I spoke to certain people that, are, that thought that Roe v. Wade is a woke topic, I said, well, you, it's, it, it represents the white male patriarchy and blah, blah, blah. We have to dismantle that. I was like, well, do you understand that um, most of the voting public are women? And that you have a certain, a significant degree of white female Christian women that vote against abortion. What are you saying about them? As a matter of fact, they are the most effective and the, the most outspoken when you go to certain parts of the South, many significant uh, uh, voter bases in the South, Republican voter bases, that it's led by women's movements and women's church groups and movements and women that are in, that hold political seats or used to hold political seats that have been at the forefront of funding anti-abortion campaigns. What do you say to that? And this so-called Wokian, this Wokey, looked at me with these cartoon eyes, like blink, 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 completely blank. I said, oh, you didn't know that? They were like, no, I didn't know that. I said, why? And I challenged them face to face. I said, why didn't you know that? No, I wasn't face to face. I was on FaceTime. My apologies. So why didn't you know that? They said, I, I just didn't know that. I said, no, 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 that's not, that's not good enough. If you're going to take to the streets and pick up a picket sign about a thing and get on your change.org and start creating hashtags, you have to know that at least. You have to know the machinations of the politics that you subscribe to or that you're opposed to. Both. You got to know who the players are. I, I'm, I'm in the midst of the NBA playoffs right now. Right? Guys out there, I, people out there, I'm a huge NBA fan. It's, and NBA playoffs are like a religion to me. Love it. You have to prepare for each game. You have to know the personnel that's going to be on the court. If this person is here, you do this. If they do that, you counter with this. I come from a boxing background. It's about counters. Offense, defense. Your best off defense is an offense. Counters. Okay, what are the patterns? What are the tendencies? What are the machinations? This is what you have to do. What are the predilections? Okay, what are the inclinations? 
What's the philosophy? Oh, that camp thinks that they can knock everybody out. So, June, watch out that first round. Watch out the first 20, 30 seconds. Just run. Run for dear life. Okay, I don't want to run. I know you don't want to run. I know you're not a runner. You're not a coward. You're not fighting. You're boxing. This isn't for some sort of street respect. That's what my coach told me. I had to fight a dude one time at a, at, at a, at a rival boxing gym, and my coach told me to run. He said, June, run for the first 30 seconds. I know you got a hard chin, but don't, don't, no need to take those hits. I was like, run? I ain't running from him. I could beat him. He said, I know you can beat him. But his camp is going to, his camp is taught this boxer how to knock people out in the first 35, 40 seconds of a round. Your job is to stay up. So I'm telling you to run, dance, move away, do not engage. I up until the night before that fight, the fight was like on a, on a Tuesday. So it was like Monday night. That fight was on a Tuesday evening. That whole Monday, I was like, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. And something clicked into my head around lunchtime. I had school that day. I was at lunchtime. I was in high school. It was, and I said, you know what? I need to listen to coach. Coach knows more than me about this. I trust coach. And the last thing coach wants is for me to get knocked out. So if coach wants me to run, I'm running. This isn't some street fight where I have a problem with this kid and I have to show him and his people and everybody else around him and me that I'm not scared. That's not what this is. This is boxing. This is about not getting hit. My job is to win the fight. That's what my job is. That's the job is to win. And so I went in there and guess what? I did exactly what the coach said. That dude was winded in the second round. He was not built for the second round because he had so much power that his coaching was flawed. The philosophy was flawed because they did not teach this kid strength and conditioning to go with his power, conditioning to go with his strength. So he, all he had was strength and no conditioning. I, on the other hand, had strength and conditioning. So I was able to beat that dude while avoiding his harder shots. And that boy hit like a brick. But guess what? I beat him and everybody. The reputation I had for beating this kid grew ridiculously like, oh, June is the and I wasn't the best boxer, but I listened and I had all the requisite tools to beat him. <clears throat> Why does that story make sense? This woke generation does not have the requisite tools. To get what it says it wants. The BLMers, the this, that, and the, the people who are actually hearing. The people that are owning these organizations are different than the people who are taking to the streets and believing these organizations. Those are two different factions. The people that are getting rich off BLM and getting, getting um, what do you call it, development deals with different movie Hollywood studios and book deals and lecture circuits and are buying seven-figure properties, they beat you and they, they, they beat the system. They fooled you. They got their reparations. They got their 40 acres and a mule, and they've rode off into the sunset. The vanguards of those movements are millionaires. Okay, but the people on the ground that are looking for social justice, we want justice. When do we want it now? We want justice. When do we want it now? No justice, no peace. You guys <clears throat> don't have the rules, tools and jewels to get the outcomes that you want. You're still outside with picket signs while the vanguards of your movement have rode off into the sunset in, in, in 400 horsepower luxury automobiles. That's, that's what's going on. I just wanted to mention that because I, there's a lot of conversations now about the woke versus the, I, I call it the woke versus the awake. I remember, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned Malcolm X from time to time. And I remember Malcolm X, who's the most awake out of all of these people. He told his adherents, and I'm sorry, his constituents that, uh, the Democrats or the Republicans were not to be trusted. They were fruit you know, from the same poisonous tree. And he said that in the 60s. But meanwhile, the woke population is subservient to the Democratic Party, no matter the direction that the Democratic Party takes, and no matter how counter to whatever belief system that the woke people have or, or that woke demographic have, no matter how the Democratic Party's uh, policies run counter they still serve and not look to maybe dismantle or run counter. So you, you get to call Dave Chappelle names. You get to call me names. You get to call others names. 
that are awake. I'm not, I'm not being presumptuous when I say that I'm awake. I'm not being presumptuous when I say that a woke person couldn't speak about the things that I spoke about. There's a difference between a woke person in 22, 2022 and I. Because I'm willing to stand corrected and I'm willing to criticize my own belief system just as vigilantly as I am criticizing something that I already feel opposed to. And before I say I'm opposed to it, I say to myself, what if that person's right? What if I'm wrong? What if they're 20% right? What if they're 30% right? That means there's truth in that. That truth has to be explored. I can't dismiss it as 100% falsehood if I found 30% of it to be credible. That has to be explored. And that's what the woke generation isn't doing right now. So the woke generation who considers itself the counterpoint to the right, the woke generation is, is, is aligned with the hypocritical right that doesn't want LeBron to speak up about social injustices, but is okay with Ted Nugent calling our president, our former president, a chimpanzee and calling for violence. You know, LeBron didn't call for violence. He voiced his displeasure with a particular administration, which is his right. But Ted Nugent was calling people names like, oh, man, you know, hope they hang her and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, death to the chimpanzee. Like, wait, what? Dude, what, what, what do you, you sound absurd. But yet, was it considered absurd to the hypocritical right? Absolutely not. One can argue that during the Tea Party uh, 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 ascendancy during 08, 09, and 2010, even worse than that was said on different campaign trails. I know I heard worse from Florida Tea Partiers when I was living out there. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I heard worse when Rush Limbaugh was alive talking because I listened to Rush Limbaugh at least once a week. I needed to know what the others, I, I don't want to call them the other side. I just needed to hear different points of view and perspective before I came up with my own. Like I said, to improve, to improve and be illuminated and enlightened, you have to listen to points that sometimes even nauseate you. And certain points that Rush Limbaugh made were nauseating, but I, I appreciated the art. <laughs> the artful delivery it was fun. It was entertaining, actually. You know, but I know some people on the woke on the woke population that couldn't even stomach even listening. I only listen to any of that. You don't listen to any of it. So how are you going to know to counter it if you're not listening to it? How are you going to know how to beat this beat this person if you don't know what weapons they're uh, they're using? In the playoffs, how are you going to beat that team without looking at film on that team and seeing their tendencies and predilections? So how are you going to beat the arguments coming from this person as the richest and most the, the popular, most popular talk show host in America making eight figures per annum? That means he's super duper popular. That means there is a whole swath of land of people in this country that agree with this man and believe as he believes. So if you got to know what that person's thinking. I remember there was a, a, a former friend colleague of mine that uh, used to go to junior college with or he taught at the junior college out in florida and he was very surprised that i listened to rush limbaugh and people like that so yeah i listen to him all the time i said i don't go a calendar week i don't go seven days without listening to a full i would drive and listen to rush limbaugh at least once or twice a week at least that that was i met i remember i went a whole year and i would listen people like oh my god how could you listen to him why not what do you mean how could i listen to him i don't understand the question how can I not? He's an American who's making God knows how much money a year. I think at last turn, you guys want to look it up? Let me look it up. Let me look at how much money Rush Limbaugh was making that last year. I remember I heard that number and I just said, whoa, Limbaugh's salary. Salary per year. $84.5 million. $85 million annual salary. Okay? They're paying this man, or this man has is earning $85 million a year. LeBron James is only getting to play basketball about 40. They say at the end of the year, maybe he makes close to 100. So LeBron and Rush Limbaugh can... LeBron could Rush Limbaugh can spend at the same pace as like the richest NBA star. Eighty five 
million dollars a year. That's how much Rush Limbaugh is making. You think I'm not going to listen to a man that's making that much money? And I was listening to him before I heard those numbers. And when I heard those numbers, I started listening to him more. You will know what that because that's corporate money. That's not the average listener. You know, that's not 85 million people sending him a dollar. That's not how that's working. That's corporations, big business, small and medium and large enterprises are invested in his ideology. The same people that vote for presidents. They said he was a kingmaker. He can get you elected. You can get a nomination just based on him saying, you should vote for him. Make sure you vote for him. You better. He's the one. He's the one. He, he's a real Republican. Just on that rhetoric alone, you can get elected. If Rush Limbaugh co-signs you, you're in. You're, you're king. He was a kingmaker. You're telling me I'm not supposed to listen? And the whole woke generation didn't understand how Donald Trump was going to come into power. And I told them I had in March of 2016 a picture on my Facebook that had the presidential seal behind Donald Trump. And I said, these are the reasons why he's going, he, he, he could win the nomination and he could win. He could win it all based on who he was running against, based on the politics, based on the climate of this country. I knew it. But the woke generation dismisses. They dismiss because they may be politicized, but they don't know ish about politics. They're woke, but they're not awake. They need to go back and do their homework. And, and the reason why I feel that I need to just belabor this point to a certain degree, because I felt I did a, an adequate job on millennials. Who are your giants episode? I think it was episode 75. I think I did a pretty decent job of speaking on that. It's because there's a lot going on after these shootings, the things that are going on with the youth right now. They don't know what, who and what to believe. I have a handful of giants that I read that I, that I, that I actually hold in great esteem. That if these wokers would decide to just go back and listen and go read these particular individuals, they would be better suited than just... Uh, listening to their millennial gaslighters and virtue signalers, telling them that, yeah, if, you, if you're down with this cause, this makes you seem as if you're down for the cause. Because it's a lot of bourgeois branding going on in these new political realms. I'm down, I'm an ally of the LG whatever. I'm an ally of this identity politics. I think that if I, if such and such gets elected, that that representation is actually really inclusion just because someone is coming in color coded or has a different sexual identity or different gender somehow, some way that represents representation. But is it representing a separate ideology, an ideology that's looking to reframe how certain things, how certain dysfunctional institutions are operating? Or is it just you just want to be down? You just want entry into a burning building. You just want entry into that building. You want a pat on the head. It's all upside down. What used to be considered selling out is now considered black excellence in certain woke circles. I remember, oh, that was a sellout. Oh, now it's black excellence. Okay. Oh, that, oh, now, oh, that was considered revolutionary. Now you're calling him a coon. Oh, he's telling you that the institutions that you're adhering to that are supposed to be about social justice are actually not at all, and they've been co-opted by certain political factors. But now you're calling that person who you could put him on a stage with a Black Panther saying that same thing 40, 50 years ago, and now he, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a coon. Oh, okay. I told, I told a couple of friends of mine, I said a Black Panther would never be a BLMer. I'm more, I'm more Panther than BLMer. And they were like, oh, what's the difference? I said, ah, my woke friend. That's the problem, Mr. Wokey. The fact that you don't know the difference between a, B, a Black Panther and a Black Lives Matter-er is a problem. Or someone who's an ally with this organization and that one or this community and that one and not, and not having the counters to certain arguments. That's a problem because all you're doing is dismissing and then you're just listening to everybody in your own little world. That's not woke. That's closing your eyes, your ears, and your mind. You're actually the opposite of being woke or awake. You're asleep. So, you know, I just wanted to give my little two cents on the matter. I'm just saying, you know, anybody out there that's calling themselves woke right now, I consider if, 
don't ever call me woke. If anyone's listening to me and you want to pass this on to your friends or your family, co-workers, cohorts, don't say, oh, this dude is woke. This dude ain't, I'm not woke. I, don't, I do not associate or align myself with anyone of the woke generation right now. I'm awake. I'm aware. I'm not asleep. I'm aware. But I, 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 I am not woke. You know, and I think that's going to be the name of this episode. I am not woke. You know, it's um, I have because I've noticed I can't have a conversation with the woke generation where they can they can they can. That they even have the information and if they have the information, have they weaponized the information that if they have it because they don't they, they can't counter their opponents with rhetoric. It's cancel them. It's hashtag cancel such and such, hashtag boomer, hashtag irrelevant, hashtag you're out of touch, but no true counters. They're using little Twitter feeds, little little quips and little funny memes, but they can't go back and forth in long form. They can't do this. They can't get on a, a on a particular podcast without getting emotional or straw man or ad hominem attacks. They can't do it. They will somehow try to emotionally virtue signal and et cetera, et cetera. They can't and they can't afford to be wrong because they're so invested. The cognitive dissonance is real. So the woke, the woke want to be woke left and the hypocritical right are aligned. They're aligned. They are partners. The woke left likes to believe that they are completely different than everybody that was going on on the right. I'm like, well, no, you're not. You're there's the right wing and then there's the hypocritical right wing. And the hypocritical right and the woke left are very, very similar. I find them to be identical almost. Whew. Rough. But it's true. So, you know, uh, you know, they don't even know how to weapon. If they do have the information, I've seen that they, they don't know how to weaponize it. And if you're in 2022 and your only weapon is a picket sign, you done messed up. In the, in the information age, in the digital age, if, if you still got to put a sign with what you believe in on it and you haven't learned how to create political action committees on your own by now, by now, we have different forms of currency right now. And you still have a picket sign. My, listen, they got Bitcoin. I'm still trying to understand Bitcoin. I have friends of mine that are experts in Bitcoin and they try to explain Bitcoin to me and I'm going, what? I still don't get it. A friend of mine sent me this how to understand Bitcoin verbatim book. And I was started reading it and it started to sound like wah, 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 wah. I didn't get it. And I, I, I texted him. I was like, yo, dude, I still don't get it. He started laughing. He sent me an LMAO like, bro, you still don't get it. I, said, I can't. I'm trying to get it. But meanwhile, we're in this world of digital currency, data mining, autonomous vehicles. These cars are driving themselves now. You got, got, got regular civilians deciding that going to the moon is an option. Forget NASA. Got my own rocket. You want to come? Yo, we, 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 we riding? We outside. We outside the universe. Like, they're, train, they're changing the whole... Fr they're changing the whole framework of we outside. Okay? We outside is going to mean something totally different in tw 20 years. We, we outside the earth. We, we out of here. With all of that, you still got a picket sign talking crazy? You still taking this? You still screaming? You still screaming and yelling? You still haven't figured out how to get into power? You still haven't figured out how to create PACs, political action committees? Huh? How to procure funds in this digital era with, with Bitcoin and dark web. You still haven't found ways to fund the person you want in office. You can get money from everyone across the planet by, by, the, by the touch of a button. Send, request, pay. Dollar sign such and such. Through your email, you can become a millionaire through your email. You can fund every single movement that you have. But yet you still take them to the streets with bottles in your hand. You not understand it, that you, so you look crazy right now that I'm seeing tactics in 2022 that were enacted in 1962. Huh? What, what do we, so forgive me as someone who's a bit awake and a bit aware that this looks absurd. That you haven't figured out. While the, while, the, while the world keeps turning and the rich keep getting richer, and then you have newly rich, newly minted rich, all types of different technologies and things, emerging markets. You know how many countries were born in the amount of time that you've still been using a picket sign? I mean, as your only weapon, 
And now you're weaponizing identity politics to narrow conversations and cancel others out of actually conversing with you to learn more and give you the certain counterpoints that are necessary for for you to either strengthen your position or change your position and say, you know what? These arguments that are being brought up are really showing the weaknesses in our argument. We need to have a sit down and reformulate. But instead, you're doubling down. Mm. Anyway, the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm getting um, I'm noticing that I'm getting more and more viewers, more and more listeners, and I appreciate them. But understand, I am not woke. I appreciate the patronage. I am not a red pillar. I'm not a blue pillar. I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a right winger, especially not in the American sense of the term liberalism. You know, um, I don't I don't subscribe. I don't subscribe to the right wing's policies. But unfortunately, when it comes to gun control, I'm not going to say unfortunately, there are certain key policies right now that I am more aligned with the right than I am with the left. And that's happening across the board with people that come from a generation of listening to KRS-One and Public Enemy and being down with the Panthers and Malcolm and everything and seeing that, yo, yo, these these liberals are on the wrong side of certain issues. So these conversations are happening in barbershops all across America. And just like when Donald Trump was elected and the the woke didn't understand that, they're not understanding that there's a key the key component or a key demographic of actually conscious pure progressives that that actually were born or actually came of age doing real progressive movements in the 60s and 70s that are not aligning with the democratic party right now that are not aligning with the woke agendas right now that are not aligning with the blmers but they're thinking that this newer generation of wokeness is thinking oh we we have it under control we know what we're doing we're dismissing them you guys are out of touch all the critics they're out of touch. Black critics, this critic, that critic. People on the left, people that are just as left as you on many topics as those on the woke left are, 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 are very much when it comes to certain things like mandates or maybe abortion or maybe gun control or maybe certain, fina- uh, 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 in certain things in finance and eco- economics. They're, they're key points of contention. And there's an opportunity there to understand why if you're supposedly on the same side but yet these key components that actually make up the essential ingredients of your philosophies and your ideologies there's a point of there are points of contention and instead of having this discussion instead of having it out and talking it out the woke culture instead of illuminating themselves and exposing themselves to ideologies that predate their even age and existence they're treating it as if it's antiquated because it predates their age and existence. Yeah, 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 old heads. You old heads don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, oh, okay. But you new heads aren't getting anything done. What you're really doing is you're pushing more people to red pill. That's a new thing now where people are just abandoning the Democratic Party and going and holding on to the other branch. So it's like you go from one branch to another. Say, I don't need branches. So that's why I'm able to just say, okay, I'll align myself with this one because it's, it, 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 it fits into my own political outcomes. And that's politics. You vote your outcomes. You vote your desired outcomes. I have certain desired outcomes, and I vote that. I don't vote party. I don't vote on party lines. I vote outcomes. That's understanding the politics. Who voted for such and such? Who's behind their finances? Freedom of information. Can I see who's behind their campaign? Oh, such and such. Okay, that means they really believe this. Because if I find out who pays you, I find out who owns you. Especially when you're a politician. When you're a politician, who who funded your campaign is the person that you 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 um show your allegiance to. Not who voted you in, but who made it possible for you to be voted in. So if it's the pack for such and such and such and such that I feel aligned with and I know that they're a major key contributor to your campaign, then I'm rocking with you. But if if you're saying one thing, but yet the people that should be funding your campaign are funding your opponent, then it's going to run red flags. See, that's just a tiny little elementary fundamental politics 101. Then I'm going to be like, oh, wait a minute, but yet you, you claim to be for this, but yet the people that are actually for that and have the money to prove it, they're funding the other guy 
so, and they're not funding you. Hmm. That means you're talking it, but you're not walking it. So I'm going to go with the other because I'm going to follow the money. Little things like that. When you say that to someone in the woke generation, they go, oh, I, I, wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something you might want to consider. But in any case, guys, I am not woke, but I appreciate your patronage. Thank you. And we'll talk soon.